New, new, new black, new, new black Wall Street book club. Evan Jefferson, brother, much love. Educating, elevating, because in knowledge is the power and we'll never give it up. <laughs> Literature is for the masses. Where to put your money down the how to watch your assets. Yeah, uplifting others is a passion. My brother Evan, he will turn it into action. New Black Wall Street Book Club. You should come read with come us. Read with us. Yeah, we comprehend and discuss. Yeah. If we all just come together, there's no limit for there's us. No limit for us. <laughs> Here comes your host, New Black Wall Street. Evan, take it away. New Black Wall Street Book Club. Welcome to the New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. If you put it in a book, we absolutely will find it. I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, CEO of ERGJ Enterprises, ERGJ Black Bazaar, and international best selling author of the book. The Black Billionaires Club. It's a study of black wealth. It's a study of the 12 richest black people in the world today and how they built their wealth. And I just believe that if you want to be wealthy, you should study wealthy people. We can find that book by going to the website www.theblackbillionairesclub.com www.theblackbillionairesclub.com You'll find that link in the description above or below. So tonight, we are going to get started here on the New Black Wall Street Book Club with our daily motivation for African-American success. A daily motivation for African-American success comes out of this book right here. And uh, this today's title is Head for the Hills. Head for the Hills. Now, our quote today comes from Ethel Waters. She's a singer, a dancer, and an actress. Black woman. She says this, and I quote, there are gems of inspiring thought which we all can use. You must search for them. Again, there are gems of inspiring thought which we all can use. You must search for them. Now, the good book tells us that if you seek, you shall find. The question is, what are you looking for? The question is, what are you looking for? If you seek, you will find, and I can guarantee you that you have found what you've been looking for. The question is, what have you been looking for? Here's our passage of the day. Here's the meat of what we're going to discuss today. Let's get it. Uh, From time to time, you may hear, you know, those people who got in on the ground floor were really fortunate. They're the lucky ones. Just think of those who stumbled upon fortunes in the oil fields during the Depression or those who traveled west and discovered gold in the foothills of California. When I was younger, we used to dream of days like that. Try to get a mental picture of a gold mine or an oil field before it was discovered. No busy traffic, no noisy machinery, no crowds wandering through, just barren land covered with prairie grass stretching as far as the eye can see. However, beneath that vast stretch of land are minerals and deposits worth millions, but you would never know that that they were there. Before these rich deposits were mined, thousands of people walked and rolled over them without realizing that riches beyond their wildest dreams lay beneath their feet. 
But somebody had to come along looking for them. Somebody had to be willing to dig for them. Somebody had to be willing to risk his or her existence upon the gold or oil being there. Somebody had to turn away from all the negative people who thought he or she was crazy. Somebody had to believe. Here's a great question to ask you, kings and queens. Are you that somebody? Are you that somebody who is crazy enough to believe? Now, here's the interesting thing. Most people simply are not. Most people want to be accepted by the general public or the masses, uh, and I like to call it the crowd of broke. Most people simply are not crazy to believe that they can strike oil. And here's a concept that I teach uh, in some of my coaching, that you only have to strike oil once to get rich. You only got to find gold once to get rich. But the question is, are you that somebody crazy enough to believe who'll turn away from all negative people, who'll scour the land, and who will dig for gold. Now here's some interesting things because digging means that it requires work. Most people don't want to work. They, for some reason, they think they can wish upon a star and that gold will fall into their lap. For some strange reason, they believe that if they rub that lamp, that genie will whisper in their ear, they'll find a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. No. It's the fruits of your labor. Labor is work. Are you that somebody who's willing to work? Or are you going to keep wishing and hoping that you hit the lottery? Uh, something like that. <laughs> are you that somebody? Perhaps you never thought about it much, but each of us has our own private gold mine just waiting to be developed. People who have succeeded have followed their dreams to their gold mines. Let's head for the hills of our minds and mine out a healthy and prosperous life. People who have succeeded have followed their dreams to their gold mines. Now, here's another way to say that. You can follow your dreams to your fortune. Everybody put in our comments below. Follow my dreams to my fortune. Here's a great thing to think about. And I love to do this at night because it gets us to a place where we can actually think. See, when we do it in the morning, we might catch it. But then we got to start thinking about work and start thinking about the day. At night, we can start thinking about what we'll be thinking about. And hopefully we can change what we'll be thinking about because we're going to read something that's going to help us think differently. Have you ever wondered why you get dreams in the first place? I mean, it, it, it just it just seems unfathomable that I would have dreams that would not lead me to prosperity or success or something that's worthwhile. I mean, the, the dreams that come to me, I just can't see that they will lead me anywhere other than to success. Now, I'm not talking about your nightmares, your dreams, the things that really connect to your subconscious. Do you think that your dreams are leading you anywhere other than success for you? 
follow your dreams to your fortune. Now, here's another thing to think that's important to understand. That there's enough for everybody. That just because you find a fortune does not mean that nobody else can find a fortune. I think that might be a problem with people's mentality. They think, man, if you got the fortune, I guess can't nobody else get the fortune. No. Everybody can have a fortune. Because everybody's definition of fortune is different anyway. Everybody's definition of success is different anyway. You can have your definition of success and I can acquire my definition of success. It's all relative to our perspective. I want to go back to the main question for this passage. Are you that somebody? Are you that somebody who will follow your dreams? Are you that somebody who is crazy enough to believe? Are you that somebody who will put in the work? Are you that somebody who who will cast away all negative people? Are you that somebody who will walk away from the crowd? Are you that somebody who will stand out when everybody else tries to fit in? Are you that somebody? Or are you just like everybody else? Which one is it for you? Which one is it for you? Here's our affirmation of the day. Here's what you are allowed to take root into your subconscious. And then you can actually grow and develop this thing by repeating it over and over and over again. Now, if you've been following us for a while, you've come to understand that uh, consistent, repetitive action of positive thought forces the world to conspire on your behalf. It's a consistent, repetitive confirmation of positive thought that forces, forces the world to conspire on your behalf. This is not that long, so repeat after me. I will not belittle the dreams of others uh, for they are the forerunners of civilization again repeat after me I will not belittle the dreams of others for they are the forerunners of civilization Let's do it one more time for the people on the back. Our affirmation of the day that you can grow and develop until it brings forth a harvest into your life. This time, let's do it for the people in the back, people in the way back. Say it with some conviction. Repeat after me. I will not belittle the dreams of others. For they are the forerunners of civilization. Daily Motivation for African American Success by Mr. Dennis P. Kimbrough. Head for the Hills. Daily Motivation for African American Success by Mr. Dennis P. Kimbrough. A quick word from our sponsor.
don't just buy black, decorate black. ERGJ Black Bazaar is the Afrocentric marketplace, and we specialize in urban home decor. Anything from shower sets to wall tapestries to duvet cover sets, you can decorate your entire home with original black art-inspired gifts. Check us out at www.ergjblackbazaar.com, www.ergjblackbazaar.com. ERGJ Black Bazaar, the Afrocentric marketplace. We make group economics easy. In today's episode of the New Black Wall Street Book Club, we continue along in our journey into the book, What Makes the Great Great? Strategies for Extraordinary Achievement by Mr. Dennis P. Kimbrough. What Makes the Great Great? Strategies for Extraordinary Achievement by Mr. Dennis Kimbrough. Well, my beautiful people, we're going to get right to the meat of today. That was our appetizer, our affirmation appetizer. And we're going to get into our main text this, uh, this evening, which is going to be what makes the great great. What makes the great great. Before we do that, uh, go ahead and put in the comments below, if you truly believe it to be so, go ahead and put in the comments below, I am that somebody. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and affirm some, some, affirm some things tonight. We're going to get some things to our spirit tonight. I am that somebody. And who are we talking about? That somebody. That somebody who will follow my dreams. That that somebody who's willing to work. Uh, that somebody who will cast out all negativity. That somebody who will stand out from the crowd. That somebody who's not like everybody else. I am that somebody. Now we're coming out of chapter eight. Uh, we're into chapter eight, eight point three or four, something like that. Our fourth section in this chapter. Uh, and this chapter is titled "The Greatest Need," and it's uh, it's, it's discussing the greatest need being prayer. Okay, and, and prayer is that connection in the spiritual realm that gets us aligned with uh, infinite intelligence, aligned with God Himself. Prayer. You all right? Prayer. All right. And uh, tonight we're getting into uh, the subsection called Watching and Waiting, Looking Above. Now, uh, this is a pretty long chapter, but we'll go through subsections, but we'll go through it. And uh, we may have time to get through another subsection, but let's get right into this thing tonight. What's going on, cool people networking? Good evening to you. Watching, Waiting, Looking Above. That's the title of the subsection. Watching and Waiting, Looking Above. Let's read. Men and women who have left their mark on the world know the value of a prayer-filled life. They obey the voice, the God urge within, which not only leads but lifts the race to greater heights. Prayer led them through the wilderness of doubt. A prayer told them they could proceed safely even in the dark. When little or no light was visible, prayer put them in touch with the infinite. It is the truth of their being. Without this essential trait, there would be a great lack or longing in their lives. If each of us could grasp this superb truth, the oneness with the creative principle of the universe, it would transform the race. This is a manner in which you can live life to your spiritual advantage 
Prayer is of utmost importance. Find time. Everybody put in comments below. Find time. Find time in your life for daily prayer and meditation. Place your attitudes, your thoughts, and deeds on par with God's truth. There's one place in which each of us will return after our physical death. We are all one family in God, created by the Almighty. In Him we live and have our being. Here's our question I have for you, kings and queens, as you think about what was just stated by the author. He said, find time in your life for daily prayer and meditation. Now, in order for us to really conceptualize this, we understand that we only got 24 hours in a day. So in order for me to find time, if I value prayer, and I'm saying that prayer is of utmost importance or I agree with the author, then that simply means that I'm going to have to more than likely cut something out of my daily life in order to then have time or find the time to include this. So my question to you is, what can, where can you cut some fat to make sure that you find the time for something that the author calls of utmost importance? What can you cut out? Stop doing as much. Give it a little less time than you do right now so that you can find time, right? Find time in your life for daily prayer and meditation. Now, as you think about that, that question, as you come up with that answer, I really want you to think about the benefits that can come to you if you decide to do it. Like, what is, what is it like to have a greater connection with God himself? Because you decided to find time to spend with him. What would that do for you? Your life, your trajectory, your direction, your destination. Think about the value or the benefit that could come from making a decision to find time. Now, we can all say that we're busy. I mean, I get it. We all have an agenda. We all have things to do. But are we discounting something that could be of the utmost importance? for something that is of little value anyway. Will you decide to find time? We all got 24 hours in a day. Real question is, what are you doing with your time? Put aside your thoughts of nationality and begin to think in terms of humanity. Dismiss any thoughts of my religion and think in terms of spirituality and the unity of mankind. A hearty prayer life is the essential ingredient to survival. Your survival and life eternal. The life which is lived on earth is but a small part of your being. Your reality lies within the spirit. It is the spirit which is made in the image and likeness of God. Appreciate the beauty in this world and strive to do your part to take care for humanity. Lift as you climb. 
Obey the call of the Almighty through prayer. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Pray for those who curse and spite you. Pray for peace to be in the hearts and minds of men and women. Pray with your heart and soul. Pray in your rising up and in your lying down. In your going out and in your coming in. But pray. Speak the word and my servant shall be healed, the centurion said to the Christ. You only need to say it and it will be done so. Though they were divided by culture and religion, they were united by prayer. And when the Roman guard returned home, he found his servant healed. When he asked at what hour the slave had begun to improve, the soldier was told it was the seventh hour, the very time of day he had requested of the Christ. There's power in the blood. George Washington Carver once remarked, my prayers seem to be more of an attitude than anything else. I indulge in no lip service, but ask the great God silently, daily, and throughout the day to permit me to speak to him. I ask for wisdom, understanding, and strength to carry out his will. As a result, I'm asking and receiving all the time. Nothing contributes more to good health than a strong will and spirit. Spirit braces the body, enables it to endure hardships, disappointments, and disease. Fear frequently trips the robust, but the quiet reverence of prayer administers the magic potion. No regimen of drugs can coax as much healing as a single ray of hope. God never made his work for man alone to men. God never made his work alone for man to men. Vivian Reed said, find time in your life for prayer and meditation. My guy said, finding time centers my day. Doesn't stop things from happening, but it does center me, absolutely. As Vivian Reed said, I have time to have a better relationship with God. I prefer it when I first wake up and it's still it is still dark and quiet. Says sometimes this is hard because my human side doesn't want to pray for my enemies, but it's something I work on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's interesting here that uh, what, what George Washington Carver said, he said, hey, you know, it's something I do silently, uh, something that I do daily and something that I do throughout the day itself. And he's basically saying, you know, I, I just live a life of prayer. I'm, I'm, I'm asking and receiving all the time. Now, I think this is important to kind of, kind of hint on this, this point. He's asking and receiving all the time. I think it's important for us to understand or to conceptualize the thought that the only reason why I stop receiving is because I stop asking. Let that sink in for a second. The only reason why you may stop receiving is because you stop asking. Now, here's what that looks like for many people. They ask when they really are desperate uh, and, and then they receive. And then they forget about their desperation or their longing uh, for a savior or for God or for a higher power. And then they move from desperation into comfort. And then they say, I got this. And now that they got it, they no longer lean on the power that helped them get back to stability, quote unquote. And now they are there. They, now they're in a position of comfort and they begin to be puffed up or filled with pride and ego. 
and they stop asking. Not remembering just a week ago, seven days ago, three hours ago, they were in desperate times and it calls for desperate measures and those desperate measures just happen to be prayer. But why do you have to wait until you're desperate to pray? When you realize what you get when you do ask, you receive. But you move out of a, a, a dependence on a higher power into dependence on yourself, which is pride and ego, thinking, I got this, when you really don't. And you find out very soon that you really don't got it. But I tell you, who, do, who does have it? That's right. God's got it. Everybody put a guns on God's got it. God's got it. Isn't it interesting how we move from space to, to space? From being dependent to now being independent. And in that place of independency, pride begins to feel. And you know what they say about pride, right? Pride comes before the fall. Now I've seen a lot of falling take place in my life. And in every instance, I can truly say that fall was preceded by some semblance of pride. Someone thinking that I got this and not really re not really realizing, no, I ain't got it. But God's got it. God's got it. In 1993, Ben Vereen celebrated two key moments in his life. His birthday, the anniversary of his entry into this world, and the day he came close to leaving it. In June of that year, Vereen was hit by a car as he walked along a dark stretch of the Pacific Coast Highway. For the next three weeks, in the intensive care unit at UCLA, he lay motionless, suffering from severe internal injuries as well as a fractured right leg. Entered the hospital in a coma, barely breathing. A, tra a tra tracheotomy saved his life but left a hole in his windpipe. When he finally regained consciousness, he thought that he would never he would he that that he would never sing and dance again, and it seemed remote. Yet less than a year later, the award-winning entertainer was back on Broadway, headlining in Jelly's last jam and amazing audiences with his stamina. What was the divine remedy that soothed his ailments and restored his soul? By no other means could his health have been restored so completely and so quickly. He revealed his spiritual nature and shared his secret during a Sunday morning church service. After the doctors had done all they could do, Vereen recalls, I knew that I could not only ask for God to put his angels, I knew that I could only ask for God to put his angels to work. When we pray, we open a divine channel. Sometimes we can't see what God has already given us, but we must have faith. If we claim his word, we know that his power will prevail. It's amazing what you can see with your, with your eyes closed. It's amazing what you can see with your eyes closed. It's amazing what you can see with your eyes closed. <laughs> let me get my let me get my highlighter real quick. I'm sorry. Don't mind me. Woo, it's amazing what you can see with your eyes closed. 
Think about that for a second. See, some of us, we're so caught up in the way of the world. We're, we're so inundated with the human experience that we take for granted the spiritual experience. And the things that you can see without ever opening your eyes will absolutely amaze you. It'll probably scare you too, because you might just can't believe it. Like, what is this amazing thing that I'm seeing here? And 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 it's 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 interesting. Many of us are still just young children who are scared of the dark. And this is interesting to be scared of the dark. Like we've made the dark to be like this bad place. When 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 God says that, you know, God basically says, "Come to me in the dark, and I'll reward you in the light." But we've been kind of conditioned to kind of be a little you know uh, you know uh, halloween's coming up it's going you know it's going to be dark (laughs) it's going to be a whole bunch of night stuff going on but that's a place where you can actually and i don't think vivian said it earlier you know it's still still quiet and dark outside how many guys you know when you grew up and you was growing up you was afraid of the dark and maybe now as you got older you start to appreciate the dark not the dark side of life, but still quiet, peaceful, not a lot of hustle and bustle. Most people are asleep, not a lot going on. Just you, your thoughts, you and the spirit, just you. I've also found that some people are scared of their own thoughts. Their own thoughts scare them. Like, Cause they can't control, you know, having a hard time controlling what you think about could be is a, is a very real thing. Your mind's going all over the place because you've never learned how to control, how to how how to. You've never had real peace of mind. That's a very scary thing, also. Now, of course, we got all different types of terminology for it, uh, but mental health, uh, you know, awareness is a big thing now. But I wonder how many of them actually are moving them, moving those people towards uh, the remedy being a connection with God himself who can give you, who grants you the gift, who blesses you with the gift of peace of mind. I mean, there's no, there's no medicine that can do as good a job as God can do. Nothing man-made can fix your problem. It can help you get through it. It can cover it up. It can relieve some pain. But a fix, that only comes from above. That's a gift that's granted to you and I by God. Prayer will steady the heart and strengthen the will. It'll give force to the thought and courage to the hand until what was only a possibility becomes a reality. So deep are the scars of segregation that even to this day when retired judge and Harvard professor A. Leon Higginbotham reflects upon that mountaintop called separate and equal, he dries an eye. When asked how his race survived this most bitter period of American history, he quoted the words of his forefathers and mothers and said, Lord, My soul looks back and wonders how we got over. 
Five days a week, you can observe success in action by turning into The Oprah Winfrey Show. This program, the highest-rated talk show in television history, earned an estimated $40 million to for its host in the mid-1990s. Besides owning the production company that produces this show, Winfrey's Harpo Productions also owns the studio where the show is taped. In addition, Winfrey has diversified her business by purchasing a restaurant, producing an off-Broadway play, and making films and other television programs. Barely 40, Oprah came to her success with the characteristics that society routinely categorizes as obstacles. She's black and a female. She frequently shares her experiences in the course of her program and tells viewers about her own personal growth and setbacks. Yet Oprah credits her personal philosophy as the secret of her success, reminding her audience that inner beliefs and attitudes are as important as hard work. Inner beliefs and attitudes are as important as hard work. Now, how many guys know some people that work hard, but they got a bad attitude? I mean, they work hard. I mean, they put in the effort. They punch the clock. They're there from sunup to sundown, but they have a terrible attitude. And then they wonder why they don't move up. They wonder why they don't get promoted because of your attitude. Not because of your, uh, not because of your, uh, not because of the work that you do. Uh, Not because of, of your performance. There's there's a couple of things that that are that are that are evaluated your performance and your attitude, and I think it's a sad that we will put our children in a position uh, to to only rely on performance, not realize it's not only what you know, but it's also who you know and who knows you. And so a lot of times it comes down to well, do other people even want to be around you in the office or wherever it is that you work? Yeah, you can get it done, but you got a bad attitude. And you can't even see that your attitude is holding you back. Because you say something like this. I mean, they're going to have to accept me for who I am as if you can't change, as if you can't get better, as if you can't be nicer. I don't know. Then you have some people who don't perform good at all. I mean, they just barely get by, but they got a great attitude. Don't you know that those people move up faster because they are a great representation of the company itself? They bring smile and cheer and hope and good tidings uh, to the workplace. They may not always get the job done most efficiently or effectively, but they got an absolutely phenomenal attitude. I found in my life that I've moved up faster. I've made more money with my good attitude more so than I ever did with my hard work. Now, I know y'all might find that a little strange, but I did a little test. I was like, let me see here. I started the job at the same time where other people started the job. We had the same position, but I moved up quicker. I moved up in one year and they didn't move up at all. Why? Was it because of our hard work? No, not so much, because we probably pretty much did the same thing. The difference was my attitude. My attitude. I participated in more stuff. I wanted. I was a great ambassador for the company itself. Yes, my hard work spoke for itself, but my attitude took me over the edge. Were other people jealous? Absolutely. But were they 
Did they? But did they have the same attitude or the same presentation or the same outlook or the same guidance for the same position? Who was more valuable? Who would you uh, give a raise to? So your inner beliefs, and this is from Oprah Winfrey herself, one of the billionaires on the book back there, says her inner beliefs and her attitude were just as important as her hard work. Which means we got work to do. We got work to work. We got. We need to work on our outside. We need to work on our inside just as much as we work on our outside. And I would say probably work on the inside more. Right? Mark said, man, oh my God, I hate when people say it is what it is. I'm telling you, that's, I'm telling you, that is a, that statement, that, that statement right there is a statement for disaster. No, it ain't is what it is. Is this what you made it to be? Guess what? And you can change that. And then tomorrow be, it, 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 it ain't what it used to be, probably what you say once you start changing that. It used to be as is what it is. Now it is what it is what it ain't used to be. And this doesn't change. Why? Because I change. I want you to understand this, beautiful people, that things will change for you when you change. Too many of us are trying to change everybody else, everything else, trying to get everything else to work out in our favor, but we are unwilling to change as if the whole world centers around you. No, things will change for you when you change. If you are unwilling to change, Things will remain the same for you, good, bad, or indifferent. So if you like what you've been getting, keep doing what you've been doing. If you don't like what you've been getting, well, it's time to change what you've been doing. Because if you change what you've been doing, then you can change the results that you've been getting. It's really not rocket science. It's just a matter of doing. It's a matter of willing. It's a matter of wanting. It's a matter of understanding. For things to change for you, not everybody else. I'm not talking about everybody else. For you, you must be willing to change. If you're unwilling to change, then don't expect things to change. You're just as stubborn as the things that are around you. It's not rocket science. <laughs> it's not rocket science. All right? Watching and waiting, looking above. The Bible has taught us the metaphysics has taught us, myth has taught us, she points out, that if you get into the flow, if you do what you're supposed to do, you will be rewarded with riches you've never imagined. What I received is the natural order of things. You will be shocked as to what you can accomplish when you rid yourself of the slave mentality. This is Oprah Winfrey talking. Let me repeat this again. The Bible has taught us. Metaphysics has taught us. Myth has taught us. She points out that if you get into the flow, everybody put in console, get into the flow. If you get into the flow, if you do what you're supposed to do, you will be, you will be rewarded with riches you've never imagined. Now, how many guys would admit that you could get better at doing what you're supposed to do? See, I don't know about you, but I had I had I had a long agenda today. And a lot of times I could have just, oh, I knocked out one thing, I knocked out two things. Okay, we'll procrastinate on the other five things. 
And then I would have made time for some other stuff that wasn't on my to-do list. But it's just, hey, I, I felt like I did enough. How many guys have had that? I've done enough for the day, as if you couldn't do more. But I, I, I didn't even read this until now. I'm like, man, but no, what I did today was I did what I was supposed to do. And guess what? I can expect. I can expect, right? Why? Because I reap what I sow. I can expect to be rewarded. Now, this is interesting to me. Why should I be rewarded for simply doing what I'm supposed to do anyway? Isn't that like what you're supposed to do? But I can expect to be rewarded for finishing up, finishing what I started. And simply just doing what I'm supposed to do. Now, each and every one of us as adults, we know what we're supposed to do. You're not supposed to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm not supposed to do what you're supposed to do, but you know what you're supposed to do. You know what you're supposed to get done today. You know how much stuff you had on your to-do list. You know what you're supposed to do today. Question is, did you do it? Or did you find another excuse, another reason, something came up, oh my God, I'm not in control of my time, whatever the case may be. You know what you were supposed to do today. You know what you procrastinated on. You know what you delayed. You know what you decided, I'll just do it tomorrow. You know what you are supposed to do today. When you woke up, you said, okay, these are the things in your mind. You're like, okay, I probably need to get this stuff done. You know what you're supposed to do. Did you do it? Did you do what you were supposed to do? Now, the wonderful thing about being an adult is nobody's gonna, nobody's got to manage you on that. You got to, you get to a position in life where you have to manage that yourself. It's called self-discipline. Now, we ain't about to go out to eat because if I go out to eat with you, that 30-minute lunch turns into an hour and 30 minutes. And I got some, some, some stuff I'm supposed to do. And if I delay with you for that extra hour, then the stuff that I'm supposed to do won't get done. And if I, that stuff that I'm supposed to do don't get done, I might not be rewarded. Because I chose and I knew it was going to be an hour and a half with you. How many guys got an accountability partner, accountability coach, accountability manager? I like to call it this. Because some people might call me a coach, but I'm not really. I guess you could say that term, but I like accountability. Because I like to hold people accountable to doing what they are supposed to do. Some of us just need that 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 somebody that's gonna that's gonna kick us in the butt when we don't do what we're supposed to do. Like, okay, what we got going on today? Okay, you gonna get this and this that done? Okay, well let's check back in at five o'clock, see what your progress is. Five o'clock come. Okay, what you get done today? Oh, but oh, but what? Oh, we talked this morning. You said you had this and this to do. We're checking back in, see what your progress is, our progress report time, and we look at the progress report and you, you, you didn't get none of that done. It's been eight hours. What's the problem? Now the stuff that you were supposed to get done only took 45 minutes. It's been eight hours. Do you see the problem here? Do you see why you're not having some of the success that you want to have in life? Because you something that took 45 minutes, you didn't get done in eight hours. Why not? 
See, some of y'all need somebody that's gonna talk to you like that. Why not? If you need an accountability partner, accountability manager, accountability mentor, real simple. Become a subscriber. Uh, become a subscriber of our podcast, and I will gladly become your mentor. Okay. What I receive is natural order of things. You will be shocked as to what you can accomplish when you rid yourself of the slave mentality. You will be shocked, is what Oprah Winfrey says. When you rid yourself of the slave mentality. How does one get into the flow of the universe? How do you receive the natural order of things? How do you rid yourself of the slave mentality? By giving the soul expression, by seeking oneness with the divine, by sharing the power of the wonderful counselor, by a willingness to follow the voice of your soul, by prayer. Or in some cases, Deborah Hyde confesses, I will not go into the operating room until I get down on my knees and pray. As one of only four black female neurosurgeons in the country, each day Dr. Hyde advances her profession and her spirit with skilled hands and an obedient heart. Her career has been built upon prayer. I believe God uses me. I feel I'm an instrument and I try so hard to be deserving. Landscape Lara said, I, I'm dirt tired, long day, but instead of getting in the bed, I'm I'm in this meeting and I'm doing Roberta Hosky homework for tomorrow because I demand a certain result. Absolutely, Landscape. I'm dog tired, man, but shoot, I'm going to get this work done because I'm expecting something. I'm expecting something. I'm expecting a return. I'm expecting a certain result. And I know uh, that in order to acquire the result, it's going to take some effort in the beginning, on the process. There's some things that I must do to help facilitate the result that I want. Oh my goodness. There are some things that I must do to help facilitate the results that I want to get. See, I want you to just simply conceptualize participating in your own prosperity. Participate in your own prosperity. Participate in your own freedom from the slave mentality. Participate. Don't just watch everybody else get free. Don't just hope that you can be free. Participate in the process. Everybody put it across, so participate in the process. I want you to participate in the process for whatever it is that you're looking to accomplish. For some, you might be looking to be free. For some, you might be looking to break free from the job or whatever the case may be. Uh, I don't know what that what it is that you're looking for, but, but what I do know is it's important that you agree to participate in the process. 
Now I tell you what, landscape for real. I'm I'm tired too. I mean, it's been a day. Mondays is all, but I like, man, we're gonna get this in tonight. We're gonna get this book club in. And I don't even think we're gonna finish this. This is a long chapter here. This is a long subsection. So it might be another part two tomorrow. But we're gonna go along we can go. Here's a showstopper, a tough act to follow. Uh, Denzel Washington is at the top of his game. His presence draws hordes of admirers to theaters around the globe to view his films. As one of Hollywood's top grossing leading men, Washington is among a small cadre of actors who can write their own ticket. Over the course of a 20-year career, he has earned an Academy Award and several Oscar nominations for his memorable character portrayal. Female readers of a major magazine listed him as the man they would most like to spend an evening with. Yet this has nothing says nothing about the texture and the fabric of the man. After arriving in South Africa, the first leg of a four-week vacation, Washington immediately set out to St. George's Cathedral in Cape Town, where he would renew his wedding vows. The son of a beautician mother and a minister father, he is an ongoing conversation with God. The Lord has blessed me with a beautiful wife and family he openly shared and I intend to keep my part of the bargain. If she said it once, she said it a million times. God is my health, I cannot be sick. God is my strength, unfailing quick. God is my all, I know no fear, since God and love and truth are here. As a college student in Houston, Texas, Dr. Barbara King, Pastor one of the largest churches in the nation overcame a life-threatening bout with tuberculosis. Frail and weak, but up to the task, she was cleared to resume her studies after spending four years in a sanitarium. During her ordeal, Dr. Barber, as she affectionately called, had come to the following spiritual awakening. The answer to our prayers lies within. They are answered by obeying spiritual laws, those closest to the soul. Test me if you must, but just pray in truth and see if the chorus of the heavens rings loud and clear. It's no secret that the creator gives us the ingredients for our daily bread, but he expects us to do the baking. It is no secret that the creator gives us the ingredients for our daily bread, but he expects us to do the baking. Is it possible, beautiful people, that we have been wasting the ingredients given to us by the Creator? That we haven't gone to the kitchen and used the ingredients to bake our bread? Is it possible that we've been hoping that someone else is going to come and bake the bread for us when we can bake it ourselves? Is it possible or is it time for you to depend on you and what God has given you? I think it's time to bake the bread. Now notice this. It's not just any bread. It's our daily bread. So that says to me, I need to be baking every day. Everybody put in console every day. I need to be baking every day, baby. 
Every day is another opportunity for me to bake some bread and for me to eat. And I don't know about you, but I'll be hungry every day. I'll be hungry every now and then. I'll be hungry every day. So maybe it's time for us to use the ingredients that God has given us to bake our daily bread. A quick word from our sponsor. This is the New Black Wall Street Book Club, where black folk do read. If you put in a book, we absolutely will find it. Now, I'm your host, ERGJ, your certified financial educator, and we invite you to join the Black Billionaires Club. Get connected with brothers and sisters who are serious about winning with money, serious about success, and super serious about helping you to accomplish your goals and to build your dreams. Check out the website at www.theblackbillionairesclub.com, www.theblackbillionairesclub.com. You can find that link in the description above or below. Make a decision to change the rest of your life. We'd ask that you would subscribe and support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help us sustain future episodes to improve financial literacy within our community and ultimately to help us to build the School of Wealth, to build an institution that will teach the next generation about money and your small monthly contribution can make all the difference. Well, it says, well, we want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the New Black Wall Street Book Club. We want you to remember this, that it takes a village and it starts with us. Let's build as we climb together. We all we got, people. And thank God that that's more than enough. Until next episode, you know what time it is. Mr. DJ, hit the music. New, new, new black, new. It's the new black Wall Street book club. With your host, Evan Jefferson. It's time for us to go. Now you ain't got to leave the computer. But we encourage you to get out there and learn and apply all the things you learn at the new black Wall Street. Book club, book club. <laughs> yeah. New Black Wall Street. The New Black Wall Street. <laughs>